0: Back on this Saturday morning, Sports Medicine Weekly, Chicago's premier sports medicine program. We come your way each and every Saturday between 8 a.m. and 8.30, only on 670. The score to access prior shows, interviews, and valuable resources on sports, injury, and fitness, please visit our blog at smwhome.net or the website is sportsmedicineweekly.com. Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole, our producer and board operator is Shane Reardon. Time now for our Ask the Doctor segment. Always fun doing this segment. If you want to be involved and in ask Dr. Cole a question, it's very easy to do Go to our website, sportsmedicineweekly.com, and on our homepage on the right side underneath the picture of Dr. Cole and yours truly, you can click on that link. And ask the doc a question. Dr. Cole, you ready to go? I'm ready. Let's continue my office from earlier in the week. (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) Question number one. All right. While using the leg press machine at my gym, I hurt my knee. Pain is primarily on the right side, but also within the knee. When I place weight on it, subsequently, it feels like I have pulled a hamstring muscle and have a tender Achilles as well. Some other things. Initial injury took place about two weeks ago. Achilles is feeling better. Hamstrings still sore, but slightly better. Knees still tender. Here's his question. Any thoughts on what could have happened?
1: Well, I you know, I think this just begs the larger question. When it, When is there a significant injury that really is something that it has to be tended to rather than ignored so a leg press machine is a closed chain exercise that means when you push on the plate you're contracting your quads and your hamstrings at the same time that's a lot better machine than the other one you often see in health clubs and gyms where you put your tibia your shin bone against the 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 machine and you sort of extend your knee that's probably one of the most archaic exercises because that's called, that's an open chain exercise that loads the patellofemoral joint, the kneecap joint. Yeah. So they, it's amazing. They still have those in gyms, but you should. it's just one that you kind of stay away from. So there's a difference between what we call open chain and closed chain exercise. So the safest and most efficient one, if you're working out, is going to be a closed chain exercise. That means we're simultaneously contracting the muscles in the front of the leg and the back of the leg at the same time. So that's if you're pushing something, right? Same thing if you're doing a squat, a short arc squat with on a rack and things like that versus one where you do a straight leg extension. Does that make sense to you, Steve? Stay away from the leg extensions. <clears throat> right. You can you can get the same muscle group, but you can get them at the same time the front chain and the the frontal chain and the posterior yeah, why chain. Why not? So in this particular instance, you know, obviously this this gentleman is saying, "Look, I have pain on the right side. I don't know if it's his left leg or his right leg, but you know, I think it just highlights the issue what would be significant. If you're using a weight machine and you develop the acute onset of knee pain, and it's along the joint line on the inner or the outer side, and it swells, that more likely than not is something that's significant. Swelling is definitely a sign that you have done something. Now, you can choose to sort of wait it out for 24, 48 hours, maybe take anti-inflammatories over the counter, ice it, and so forth. But if the knee is a locked knee, you can't bend or straighten it, things like that, that's more of an orthopedic emergency The sudden or acute onset of knee pain, you know, I always tell patients, I say, look, if you didn't get into my office right away, there's a good chance in five to seven days this stuff's going to get better on its own. So patients need to know when it's serious and when you should actually seek treatment if something happens in response to exercising. And I would say the key findings are loss of motion, acute loss of motion where you can't bend or straighten the joint, uh, very severe discomfort, uh, the knee or the joint goes out of position in some way. Uh, acute numbness, tingling, things like that, you know, those are more emergent type situations. I can't say what this individual did. My guess is nothing serious, and probably by the time I got to answering this question, they're feeling better. So I think the things that are to watch for, as I described, acute onset of swelling, significant pain, motion loss, those are things that require more immediate attention. Lots of these other things can take a little time, and will get better just by what we call skillful neglect.
0: All right. Question number two in our Ask the Doctor segment here on Sports Medicine Weekly. This is a quick seven-word question for you, Dr. Cole. Is recovery nutrition post-workout food important? Yeah, so
1: I think the thing is, look, if you exercise to tone up or slim down, you got to really make sure that you really need a, quote, recovery meal, before assuming you do, you know you want to obviously maybe avoid things that are hyperglycemic that that, uh, that give you a sugar uh, elevated sugars due to uh, glucose and simple sugars and so forth and fire off your insulin. So I would say that the unfortunate thing is that many people actually overeat after working out and actually consume more calories in their post workout recovery meal than they've actually burned during their workout. So the we sometimes feel like we get a buy when we exercise. I say well, okay, I just worked out, I can just eat whatever I want, and and I think they end up having positive calorie intake rather than actually being more efficient in that way so look if your workout is not more than say 90 minutes or completed at a, sort of a sweat soaked high intensity rate which we probably want to do a couple of times a week you may not really need a true recovery meal or a snack after you're done so i think the really the just keep in mind a healthy a healthy snack fresh fruit, veggies, maybe hummus, drink water, maybe something like a, a, a lower fat chocolate milk, things like that for a good replenishment. But you don't need to have a carb heavy, uh, I just exercise, I get to make up for it, and then some uh, a meal for recovery. The one thing is that, you know, we do have problems with uh, delayed onset muscle soreness and things of that nature. And that can be to, to uh, due to, protein break, to muscle breakdown. And that's where recovery involves proper protein intake, uh, which includes, what we call essential or and branched-chain amino acids. So uh, an aliquot of protein is probably just as important as anything during the recovery process because of muscle breakdown and to maybe minimize the onset of delayed onset muscle soreness. And I would so, imagine stay hydrated, right?
0: Water is always yeah, good. Yeah, it's
1: key. You know, uh, uh, pale-colored urine is sort of your your uh, your uh, surrogate for whether or not you're properly hydrated. But I would say at, at more than anything else, staying properly hydrated is going to be important after a tough work. Take advantage of all those calories burned and uh, having an excessive recovery meal probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense.
0: All right, so our Ask the Doctor segment here on Sports Medicine Weekly. I'm Steve Cashel with my co-host, Dr. Brian Cole. And I've never heard of this. Here's question number three, Doc, for this segment. What is cord blood banking? So cord blood banking
1: is a uh, rather entrepreneurial business. that has been around for some time, and basically, there are a number of these sort of blood banks, if you will, that are certified that you can take umbilical cord blood, which would otherwise be probably thrown away with uh, the placenta and uh, at the time of birth. And there are lots of wonderful stem cells present that are what we call pluripotential. They have the the opportunity to differentiate into different tissue types if placed in the right environment. The challenge is that the diseases that it can treat have been still poorly vetted, been poorly vetted, and are somewhat experimental. And the real application, uh, which we had hoped would be for diabetes, for other immune diseases, uh, things of that nature, there hasn't been a large number of diseases that can be treated with these stem cells. So they ultimately would have to be uh, cultured, expanded, and useful for some disease states. So it's a a burgeoning business based upon some hope that in the future this blood could be thawed, used to treat rare genetic diseases and cancers and things of that nature. But the reality is we haven't really identified a large number of these. I will tell you, even in orthopedics, I've had a number of patients who have come and says, look, I have access to cord blood from A, B, and C. First of all, it has to be a match. Second of all, um, it hasn't yet, the use of stem cells in this capacity to be truly regenerative, say for traumatic brain injury or spinal cord and things like that, is really in its infancy and is highly investigational. So we have a long way to go. I would say if you're going to do it, there's no risk, but there's a cost involved. So you want to ask all the, the hard questions. And Frankly, I don't know what I would do in today's day and age if I would actually consider doing it. I would want to have a little more assurance that it has uh, some uh, true anticipated benefit in the near term.
0: All right, one more question here in our Ask the Doctor segment for Dr. Brian Cole. Here we go, Doc. We've got another question from one of our listeners. If my muscles are sore from previous workouts, is it safe to exercise them?
1: So, this is a condition called DOMS or delayed onset muscle soreness. It usually happens in the first one to two days, and it's r- largely due to microscopic breakdown of muscle and protein. And it's really why adequate protein intake is so important. Recovery. Uh, can be mechanical uh, foam rolling and uh, soft tissue procedures and things of that nature. It can deal with uh, cold contrast bath, th- things like that, massage and so forth. Uh, but it also requires adequate nutrition. So it's usually a sign... That uh, there's some microscopic breakdown. There's some data that shows, for example, that uh, taking uh, creatine at the time of workout in the proper doses can minimize this. Uh, but the bottom line is not necessarily dangerous. But you really do need to give yourself some time to recover because it'll put more stress on the other ligaments, the tendons, and uh, maybe increase your chance of injury. So I think that uh, uh, avoiding this concept of overreaching, which is really training beyond what you're uh, overtraining, what you're beyond what your uh, threshold should be, uh, proper. Nutrition, recovery, protein intake is really important. And I would respect the muscle groups that are very, very sore and probably consider cross-training and working on other non-muscle, non-sore muscle non muscle groups in an effort to get the most efficiency and the most out of your workouts.
0: Great stuff. We're out of time. Many thanks to our producer, Shane Reardon, our coordinating producer. Teresa Ann Seeger, also want to thank David Cole for managing our website and our business operations, as well as Samantha Smith from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. For Dr. Brian Cole, I'm Steve Cashel saying so long. Thanks for listening to Sports Medicine Weekly here on The Score. Up next, Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Take care. Talk with you again next week, everybody.